everybody on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. It is Goals Thursday, and we're going to take a look back at how the forwards fared for the San Diego Goals. Join me and John Broadbent on today's Locked On Goals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? It is Thursday, and I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, and I'm joined by John Broadbent from Defend the Nest. But before we get to that... A reminder, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. And this show is brought to you by rockauto.com, which has all the parts your car will ever need. Yeah. All right. So joining me from a very, very awesome website called Defend the Nest, it is John Broadbent. John, how's it going? Really good to be back. And uh, so glad to hear everything's doing great over there. Yeah, uh, yeah. miss you guys. I miss all the goals fans. It's only been four weeks, but I already miss them. Four weeks? Oh my god, really? Yeah, it's only been wow. four weeks since since wow. we all got together. But uh, we are here to talk some goals hockey, as we do here on Thursdays. And last week, I talked about the goaltending, which was basically me talking about, you know, San Diego's favorite goalie, Lucas Dostal, as you say. Mm-hmm. The bakery's closed. There it is, the bakery's closed. I was waiting for that. But today <laughs> we are going to talk about the forwards. And there are some names that I've talked about pretty much all summer. And some that don't get enough play. So on this first segment, I think we should probably get the obvious name out of the way first, right? Are we counting players that spent half the season with Ducks? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll count we'll count one player in particular that spent half the season with the ducks, but I'm only no, going to talk about him. That's fair. For, I covered him up. But I'll talk about him for just one minute, just because he did play a fair amount of games in San Diego and he did have some yes. big games in there. And he was the player of the week in the American hockey league in the first week of the season. And I'm obviously talking about uh, some, some guy, some guy named Trevor Zegris. Like like zebra, yeah, Zed, Zed. Like, Zed. yeah, yeah, like a Zed, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Trevor Zegers, twenty one points in seventeen games. You already knew coming in that he was going to be a star in this league, and he was. Like, I mean, there was the passes that he made. There was the fake Michigan that he did. There was the five points in the start of the season, and then he had that three point performance in Bakersfield in game one. So I mean. We'll just talk about him for about 20 seconds and then move on. But Zegris, he's he's far beyond the AHL, right? We're not seeing him back next year. No. The only scenario I can think where we see him again is the, the, the very likely chance that the Ducks don't make the playoffs next year and we see him as a black ace um, potential Calder Cup run. It was a good run while it lasted, at least. You know? I mean, we, we had some highlight reel goals. Yeah, it was. It was beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful to watch, yes. Some, I am so some lucky. Some amazing ma- magical passes. Yes. You, well, that's the other thing. I really do hope we, you guys do get to see him at least at the end of the year just so you can see him in person. But then again, it's not far to do the two-hour trek, I guess. No, it's, it's not that far to go from San Diego to Anaheim. I mean, tickets are pricier, but why not see yeah. Zegris? So. <laughs> Um, one other forward, actually two other forwards that I do want to talk about because I think they're worth mentioning. The the main man 
that I really want to talk about for more than a minute is someone that has a Calder Cup to his name. Former Charlotte Checker, Andrew Podorowski. He averaged about a point a game. He had 9 goals and 34 assists in 44 games. He was the league leader in assists and in points. He was extremely good. I think he's one of those players that doesn't get talked about enough because all the hype is around Zegris and Drysdale. But we got to give Paul Dorowski some love. I think he was one of those really important players and one of the most patient players on the San Diego lineup. Would you agree with that? Back on Paderowski. Um Yeah, he, he had an amazing bounce-back year from, what did he have, seven points in 17 games last year. He was the assist machine this year. Uh, just seemed to just create plays with ease. I think the most memorable was one where, for me, was he was on the power play. I think it was the second one he did on like back-to-back power plays, but he sort of just subtly did a shot pass that was deflected in easily. It just looked like a planned play, but it probably wasn't. Yeah, I hope to see him back next year. He's a, he's a UFA right now. I'm, I'm um, hoping he's back too. Yeah. He was sort of part of the trio of veteran forwards that I kind of lumped into the same bunch so like him Agazino and Lateri where I'd like to see them all back but I know that next year the veteran role comes back into effect so it makes it a lot harder yeah and we could talk about those other two forwards that you just talked about Andrew Agazino who was almost a point a game and I think his game was really strong being on on that front line I think Agazino uh, for what it's worth, he played very well with Trevor Zegers this year. I liked him on the power play this year. That's where he really seemed to strive so much. I can't find really any faults with Agazino's game. He is a veteran. But what was your take on Agazino's game this season? It's uh, it's it's funny because, again, I'm sort of probably going to say the same things I said about Podorowski, except he was more balanced. 13 goals, 14 assists. So, you know, good goal scoring, good. Uh, playmaking and he got a call up to the Ducks after a particularly uh, long hot streak at one point Um, but then he sort of just faded for a bit he was really hot at the end of the season and did really well in the playoffs he was pretty much the only veteran player to me that showed up in the playoffs Um, I need to keep saying playoffs in quotation marks because they weren't really (laughs) real players it was was a three game playoff yeah well that's my sore spot is that the the girls had these veteran guys but they pretty much got pretty much got showed up by by Cracknell um, in that series so, yeah, I'd, I, again, I'd like to see him back as well, if it fits with, like, I haven't, I, I want to do a bit, an article uh, where I sort of analyze the guys we had last year and if we can carry them realistically next season with the veteran role. One more guy that you did mention that he did spend enough games with the goals that I think he deserves a mention is my cousin Vinny, Vinny Letary. He <laughs> averaged above a point a game, 26 points in 22 games. Uh, another one of those great players that spent a lot of time on the taxi squad this season, and he did get some time in Anaheim. I thought that was a great reward to see him up there, even though he didn't really play all that much and didn't get any points. But he was right behind Zegris as far as just putting points on the board, putting pucks game towards impact. the net. Or yes. One of his big strengths that I liked about his game was that he had a penchant for getting right at home play. He had, by count, he averaged about two to three high danger chances per game. 
he was always at the right place at the right time, got to the dirty areas. Uh, what were some things that you liked about Vanilla Terry this season? It's funny you say the dirty areas because that's my thinking as well was retaliation from players every now and then. So he was almost like a pest in some way, but I guess I, I took it more of a, of him like standing up for himself. Um, and yeah, he's... Um, and you're right, he did spend a lot of time on the taxi squad. Um it was kind of like a running joke where it sound, seemed like the Ducks brass were very excited by his one-timer or something, <laughs> um, which then they didn't utilize all that much if they were excited by it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I, I get, yeah. I, I, again, same thing. I'd like to have him back, but um, it, it's a matter of if they can fit him. John, if you don't mind, I'm going to do a quick ad read before we talk yep. about more forwards. And we're going to talk about betonline.ag, which is your one trusted online source and the one place that has you covered. And they have all the sports going on. Uh, they have Major League Baseball. Uh, John, so baseball's like cricket. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. You know what baseball I actually, is. I saw something today about a guy having to take his pants down or something. Oh, no. You know what? I bet BetOnline has odds on which player is going to be the first to drop Chow all the way. <laughs> Thanks to that. <laughs> That's the only thing interesting about baseball right now is who's going to drop the trowel first. So you have baseball going on. And of course you have the NBA playoffs and something called the NHL playoffs. I, I think that's looking pretty good right now. It could be Vegas or Montreal could be Tampa Bay or Islanders. If you had to place a bet, who would you bet on, on that Isles Tampa Bay game seven? Oh, boo. I was just thought we were going to ask about Montreal. <laughs> um, game seven, yeah. I saw a bit of that game today, but not all of it. And I guess Islanders because I saw that Kucherov went out and yeah. didn't look good. Yeah, so for uh, those of you that might want to make a bet on that, maybe bet on the Islanders because they're not going to be the favorite. So you might make a pretty penny on that. Hey, hey, hey. So, <laughs> and, of course, and of course, Habs and Golden Knights. Do you have the Habs in this series? Of course I do. And I think everybody should get a lifetime supply of poutine if they win. Hey. Oh, they should eat poutine out of the Stanley Cup. I bet you they've done that before already probably. But, oh, man, that would be good. If they bet on Montreal and they make it, they could buy they could buy some poutine with those winnings. <laughs> There's oh, hell your segue. Yeah. So go to betonline.ag. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus. That is betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. And by betting responsibly, maybe they shouldn't bet on Vegas. <laughs> maybe no. not. Bet against the house. Oh, 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 hey, I love it. I love it a lot. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> We're going to talk about more goals forwards on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Goals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I'm joined once again by John Broadbent from Defend the Nest. We're having fun here. We're talking about yeah. we're talking about the goals forwards from this past season. And I'm going to have a little bit of fun here and put you on the spot a little bit because we've talked about some of the Bring main it. forwards. So I'll ask, which forward do you think was the most 
underrated forward or which forward in other words which forward do you think we need to talk about more that isn't getting the attention oh i was gonna hope you said i was gonna i was hoping you'd say most improved but underrated i mean we can go uh, most improved first well that's funny because it's a technicality because to me the most improved was hunter drew who's technically not a forward but played majority of the time this year as a forward and yeah. i think he should be a forward <laughs> underrated um this is a tough question would have been yeah i'm gonna say oh no because no hang on i guess grew though people might not say he's underrated scoreboard does not particularly dictate where he sat like stood on the team all right he was maybe fourth in scoring i think but uh clearly i to me the most important center on the team and one of the most important forwards if the ahl had analytics um it would dictate like how much he drove play uh, at all times. All right, so tell, and, tell us more about um, Bolguru then. To me, he's the most NHL ready of the um, the younger guys on the team. Ooh. Um, yeah, I, I will challenge for a spot next year. If, like, put it this way, if the goals did not have Derek Grant, um, he would be centering the fourth line right now. He had like it was hard to even imagine that this was his debut pro season. Um, he looked like he'd been doing it for at least two years. It's heartbreaking for me to say, but he was the reason why Moran was traded he was he became expendable because he was just a machine on the penalty call but also has scoring touch and as a center so i still think moran's gonna make it somewhere but um enough about him yeah Um, something something that that you hadn't mentioned yet that i was gonna bring up was gru was used a lot in certain specialty situations in other words I would see him a, a lot on the defensive end along with zegris well zegris not as much but i saw bo gru see a lot of defensive zone face-offs and did yes. very well against them. Something that doesn't get he talked was the about. Most, yeah, it feels like he was the most trusted face-off guy on the team. Second would have been um, Badini, but we'll talk about him later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he definitely was. like, And it was just... Okay, so the AHL analytics don't display that because they don't have any, but the eye test proves, given I didn't count how many times he started a game as the... like opening lineup center but it feels like it was at least 30 of the 44 games all right so i do have an answer for i guess underappreciated a little bit and some someone that i love a lot and i know you agree with me on this is alex limoge yes limoge did not get enough praise this season and that is a shame because you know where all the attention went Alex Limoge almost averaged a point a game. Where's the love for him? Seriously. Yeah, I was going to say him, but I was thinking, um, yeah, it just, he did get a lot of talk for, like, all the goals he got. He, there were times where he didn't play with Gru, right? Was it the start where he was with some he, of the veterans? He played with Kendop for a while. Yeah, and, and so the, the three of them were aligned, but there was a point where, uh, when he first got to the team, or was he slammed off a groove straight away? I can't remember. Maybe not the yeah, first game, right. but but he he did have a good, I guess he was really good with Kendop whenever they had their yes. time together, and I I felt like they were good for that line was good for at least one or two points per game, or they were on that line and had a really good forecheck. That's what I think was important. That doesn't get talked about. Is yes, there's the analytics. But I thought the forechecking between Gru and Limoges mm. was excellent. 
every well, time they had instant chemistry they did and especially with those two every time someone tried to get out of their own defensive zone i must have counted at least two or three times per game where a team tried to get it out of the defensive zone and there you saw one of those two guys either intercept a pass or have an active stick kind of either on the red line or on that blue line and get it immediately into the offensive zone. Something else that won't get talked about a lot is the fact that Limoges does very well along the boards. He's yes, also another player did. that's good in dirty areas. You stole my, you stole my point. I was going to say that. Sorry. <laughs> you could repeat it. Like re- You could repeat I, I it. Drive it in. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, um, I liked his work along the walls as well. That's my favorite part of his game. Um, and I don't know if I mentioned it before, but he's he reminded me of a young raw Corey Perry. Oh my god! <laughs> I know who's 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 making uh, Freddy Krueger like appearances in the playoffs lately. Oh god! Um, <laughs> Just when I thought we weren't going to get a Corey Perry mention on a goal oh, show, and it. here we are. <laughs> Could not get away with that. I mean, he's he's not like he doesn't have a pest game like Perry does, but his <laughs> his he's got the size, um, lankiness, and um, doesn't you know he'll go to the front of the net. Not worried about that board work, all of that, and deceptive moves. I saw him make a couple of deceptive uh, little drags and slip slipping in and out of uh, gaps. He didn't think he could. Yeah, um, he did. <laughs> at least three times against the Ontario Reign this season. <laughs> yeah, and I actually I wouldn't call him underrated because 21 points in 23 games is not to be sneezed at for a pro, like a rookie coming out straight from college to the AHL. Underrated in the sense that he doesn't get talked about enough. <laughs> when, when you're on a team I... with the kind of firepower that the goals had, you know, Letary averaged over a point a game. You have the... MVP and Paul Dorowski, and you have the MVP type player and another player that we didn't talk about, Chase DeLeo. Wow, wow we did, we skipped over Chase DeLeo, didn't we? Oh, let's go back to him. Let's yeah. To him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Chase DeLeo. Going to head back to the farm. Well, I mean, we have to talk about him, or at least I'll talk oh, about him because he is a SoCal native. He is from La Mirada, California. He did grow up as a Ducks fan. There are pictures of Chase DeLeo at Honda Center from back when he was a young warthog. Oh, I love that reference. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because again, fan of his Instagram this year. If you love farm animals and cute things, go check out Chase DeLeo's Instagram. Oh, Um, yes. I love that shot that accidentally went viral after I shared it. Of, um, I think, I don't know what game that was, but he came out of a scrum with his shirt over his head and he looks like a hunchback. That's right. Down. He looks like Quasimodo in that shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he stepped up his game. Heaps. This, like he was, you could see in the off season from his Instagram videos, he put a lot of work in. Um, and his speed was phenomenal. It must've been five times faster than I seen him last year. Absolutely. Um, so he does actually, I think he deserved more time in the NHL this year. It was just a, a matter of, there wasn't really any, Injuries for the kind of player of his type that the Ducks needed, I guess. He might have a he might have a shot at the NHL. He next might, um, yeah. And if not, I could see him looking elsewhere just to try to because he took a pay cut in the last on his last deal. 
and he's proved himself this year that he, he you know deserves more. But I mean, I hope he does stick around because he's 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 become like the, the leadership core of the girls. Oh, I mean, he's he's the, he's not the alternate captain for nothing. No, he deserves Definitely that not. so much. Um, yeah. We're going to take one final break, and I know you wanted to mention Jack Bedini. I do want to talk about him, too. <laughs> yes. So uh, we'll get to that after a brief word from rockauto.com. And I'll be a little bit personal on this one and go off script because I actually did order from Rock Auto recently. Got some windshield wipers for them, had them installed, put them in. And, you know, I saved a lot of money by buying my parts from rockauto.com online instead of buying them in store where it would have cost me a lot of money and it didn't. So y'all should check out rockauto.com. They've been family owned and operated for over two decades. And Hey, tell them locked on ducks sent you or locked on goals, but really locked on ducks and the, how did you hear about us box? Once again, that's rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need rock auto. There we go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well done. Thank you. We're going to talk about a few more forwards on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Goals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez and John Broadbent from Defend the Nest. And this show is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Look for me. This is Thursday show. So look for me tomorrow on the Spotify Green Room where we'll talk ducks, goals, maybe more about Jack Eichel because y'all like to talk about that. So whatever topic comes to mind, download on the I oh sorry the Apple Store, downloaded on iOS. That's what I meant. All right, I'm joined once again by John Broadbent, and we're talking all about goals forwards from the past season. And there's four more names that we're going to mention before heading off. And one of those that you wanted to bring up is a very touted prospect. This was the late first round pick for the Anaheim Ducks last season. And the Andre Kasha deal, and that is Jacob Perot. I know you had a few words about Jacob Perot regarding injuries, among other things. Yeah, um, that wasn't. I mean, it's not meant to be a downer on his game. I just didn't know he was injured at some points this season, um, and you know, it was obviously was for that end of the season uh, tilt. Um, but there were points where he wasn't in the lineup, and you're wondering where he is. Um, and so, yeah, that was that's a bit concerning that he had two injuries that saw him lose time uh, throughout his first pro season. But again, he's only eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, he's young. Um, so yeah, it's it's a big step to go from juniors to to pro. But we were very lucky to be able to see him this year. Yeah, but so. but he's too good for the junior level. He scored seventeen points this season. Hey, yep, yeah, I agree. But the only way he doesn't go to junior next year is if he makes the Ducks, and I don't know about that either. Yeah, he's not making uh, the Ducks next season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just saying it's probably the only option, but yeah, it's kind of a it's pretty not a great deal. So, uh, so he'll dominate juniors for one year, and, and you know maybe develop more of his game because I was surprised to see this is what stood out to me the most this year is that we'd heard, we'd heard all about how great 
a shot he has and how much he's a sniper. Um, has had one of the better shots in the draft. Looking at his, uh, the stats tell the tale: three goals and fourteen assists. Assists. So he was. I saw him pass up a shot more than he actually took the shot this season. It kind of frustrated me at some points. There and it I'm is. I'm not sure if that was coaching. There it is. That's <laughs> what? what I wanted to say. He was tentative on his shot. He has yeah. an open shot. Take it. Actually, that's one yeah. thing that frustrated me with a couple of guys was where they had an open shot on maybe on the wrong side because he could have easily gone backside on a couple of games and he didn't. So maybe that's something he can work on is just the backhand shot or be willing to take more shots down the slot. Why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, there's one that burned, it's just burned in my memory where he's a right-hand shot and he's coming in the slot from the right circle, gets an open pass, could have just sniped it, but went for the extra pass to the back door. Um, and that was, yeah, I was just like, ah! I, I, and I, it doesn't seem like it would be part of his game. Like, that felt that feels like it was coached into him. And I don't know if that's the coaching saying, let's just make the extra pass with this goalie, or I don't know. But And there were also, one other part of his game that surprised me was he was a bit of a pest. He, he got under a lot of players' skin. Um, could also be partially why he got injured a couple of times. Maybe. But he pissed off a lot of the uh, Pacific Division. <laughs> you know who else pissed off some of the Pacific Division this season was Jack Bedini. Yes, yes, good segue. <laughs> so one of one of the knocks on Jack Bedini's game way back, and we're going back to USHL days in Chicago, was... You know, he was he got to the dirty areas sometimes. He would be willing to take the checks sometimes. He would be somewhat physical. That is the thing he improved on the most since Chicago, even since his days in Harvard. Uh, when I saw him play the uh, two games, the Harvard-Arizona State game, that was something that I said, maybe work on that a little bit. And he did. Now, granted, he only scored one point in 23 games, but there's a lot to like on Jack Bedini's game. He became a very reliable center, fourth-line center, for the goals. Uh, what else do you want to say about Jack Bedini? To me, like I mentioned before, he was the second-best or second-most trusted sentiment on the goals. He seemed to take a lot of defensive zone face-offs if it wasn't Grew, um, and or uh, tight situations in the game where they're trying to hold a lead. Um, but... What stood out to me was, yeah, definitely his physical play. He uh, didn't hesitate to finish a check, always throwing the body, creating energy. And there was a stretch of games where the fourth line uh, was one of the girls' better lines. Um, it wasn't wholly because of him. I believe it was because Briard was on that line and driving play. But uh, he and Hunter Drew were creating space with their size and power. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's like I said in my article, um, he's got potential if he hopes to progress further um he, he could end up being like a senior a face-off specialist kind of like an Antoine Vermette type but with more uh uh what you say physical play mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah and th- those kind of players are, as we're seeing with the Islanders and uh some players on the Canadians I guess um they're useful in the playoffs exactly but, yeah uh two more names that I have written down here and we're going to start with Bryce Kendop, who didn't have a bad season, 20 points in 39 games. So he was one of those guys that 
looked at as a good asset for the Ducks. And he, we've got high hopes for this kid. And yes, he's a free agent. He did play in the Western Hockey League, or yeah, the W, the Western Hockey, <laughs> that league out there. WHL. WHL. Why am I blanking on that? The Western Hockey <laughs> League. Wow. Everett Silvertips, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Thank you. It, it was. was the Everett Silvertips. Um, he was above a point a game, if I remember correctly, and he. He improved a lot this season. He showed that he belongs with this team. Don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like I said in my article, of the three goals that started the year with Tulsa, he was the one that showed the most results once he got but once he got to San Diego. Um, so he, Golod, and Kendop started the year in Tulsa. Um, Golod actually looked uh, the better of the three in Tulsa, but then he seemed to get a really bad injury. I'm not sure what happened there, but... Yeah, I'm not sure if that affected his play once he got to the goals, but sorry. Back to Kendop. Um, he and Gru developed some good chemistry together on the penalty kill. They became like the best forward penalty killing unit um, outside of the usual veterans. And um, it's exciting to see what he does moving forward. I think he's on a three-year deal. I think he's, that was only his first year. Yeah, um, he should be on the ELC. Yeah, he and he showed, showed, like, he showed a lot of that scoring touch that he has. Uh, playing with Gru and Limoges. And uh, that line was one of the most consistent lines for the girls all season. Right. Now, we've kind of talked about all these forwards, and there's one that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, Would you call this saving the best for last? Of course. Captain Sam. Everybody loves Captain Sam. Yeah, uh, Sam Carrick. One half of the Carrick brothers, which, by the way, apparently have very good maple syrup. But Sam Carrick the beloved captain of the San Diego goals and became beloved in Anaheim too. I don't know if you saw those games with the ducks where Sam Carrick got in a couple of scraps and seemed to get cut on the bridge of his nose every time. (laughs) So I didn't see all of them, but I did see the clips. Yep. Yeah. So he kind of became that guy that was important for the ducks later on. And look, he almost averaged a point a game, but he is the engine that makes the goals go. He's, their most important player, obviously, when you're a captain, you have to be. Um, yeah, points per game kind of went down a little bit, but he also went back and forth a lot and spent some time in the NHL. He scored a couple of important goals for the Ducks, which was awesome to see. And then you saw him have some important games with San Diego and had some important games out in Bakersfield. But, oh boy, that that was a tough series to watch in general because you could tell that Sam Carrick, uh, he's the leader. He was the one guy that seemed to rally the troops together whenever possible. Um, what do you want to say about Sam Carrick before I give my little anecdote at the end? Um, I agree that it's his points per game with the goals were down this year, but also agree that his time with NHL was much better than he's shown in previous years. The best, This was his best showing with the Ducks that I've seen, and I liked how he kind of reinvented himself. He uh, was pretty much no-nonsense, didn't give a crap, went to the net, got bloodied, and scored because of it. He had career highs and goals, assists, and points. Um, so, yeah, it's, it was a really good year for him. And, you know, it was a year that was in doubt for a lot of people, so I'm glad he made the most of it. And um, excited to see him back next year, although they need to sign him again. <laughs> yeah. 
So one kind of personal note about Sam Carrick. So those three games in Bakersfield were, you know, something to witness. That was a fun three-game series despite the result. And I remember once Lucas Dostal let in that that unfortunate goal to end the season, one of the first guys that came right up to Lucas after the game was Captain Sam. And I could see Carrick just, you know, grabbing the helmet and just saying to him, like, I couldn't make out what he was saying, but he was just saying, you were the man. You were the man. Like, I could kind of make out what he's saying a little bit, but he Uh just heaped so much praise on his young goalie. And that's what's very important. That's the kind of guy you want captaining your team. And I'd like to think that Sam Carrick made an impression on the young guys, on a Lucas Dostal, like a Trevor Zegris, you know, for him to be an influence on those guys, I think is going to be good for those players in the long run. And seeing the way he really treated those guys up there during that three-game stint, that's what's going to really endear you to the fan base. So I, I guess, yeah, to me... Sam Carrick is still the most important San Diego goal player. So, yeah, just wanted to bring out that anecdote and that little story because I think it's really worth mentioning when we talk it's, about the forwards. It's very apt. It's, yeah, it's, it just it describes him to a T. He yeah. is the heart and soul of the goals. Um, John, thanks for coming on and talking forwards with me. Really enjoyed it. It was great. It's been a while since we caught up and it was, it was fun catching up off here as well. Yeah. <laughs> And hey, we got to get the podcast for you going. So why don't you tell everyone <laughs> where we can find you on the socials and your work with Defend the Nest? Thank you very much. Yes, I was going to say that because um, I've had two episodes so far and I've yet to record the third because I haven't had enough questions. So please um, hit me up on <clears throat> Twitter. I'm Defend the Nest SD on Twitter. That's Defend the Nest SD. And uh, my website is defendthenest.com. Um, I am on Facebook, but uh, yeah, feel free to add that. But I, it's sort of a post-crossing. You'll only post my articles on there. I'm mostly on Twitter. Um, and yes, I do have a podcast, which you can find on uh, Apple and all the platforms and stuff. But I've just got the two episodes so far, and I need some. I need people to answer some. give me some questions for me to answer on my next episode. I've only had the one question so far, and that is, when am I coming over uh, to see a game? <laughs> um, I'll give you a sneak peek on that it's when my country hurry up, hurries up and gets some more vaccines because uh, currently I'm not scheduled until the end of July oh to boy. get mine so, I know, I'm not holding my breath for that either <laughs> um, but yeah, it's because you know it's funny, it started this pandemic thing everyone was looking at us going, you guys are so awesome um, and now I'm looking at you guys going, when am I going to get vaccinated? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but it'll 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 get there eventually and um i was like yeah i actually want to come across uh at least in two years because i want to go to vegas for my 40th so um but you know hopefully before then as well (laughs) hopefully can't wait to have some poutine with you when you come down to san diego oh yes definitely yep mess mess royale baby yes 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 All right. Thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate it. And I appreciate all of you out there listening to this wonderful podcast. Uh, You could hear all the previous podcasts, as I mentioned, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, all that fun stuff. 
I'm on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks, and my personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. And we're going to end the show right now. And on behalf of John from Defend the Nest for Locked on Goals, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Be safe out there. Get vaccinated if you have not already. Please be safe out there. Be kind to one another. And ducks and gulls fly together. And as you did, caca, caca. <laughs> have a good one. <laughs> have a good one, everyone. Yeah, catch you later.